but it doesn't say it that way. It says you live for 100 years, 20 years, and 7 years. The question is, why is it necessary for the Torah to repeat the word Shana, year, or years, after each of the hundreds and tens and ones in the 127 that made up the years of her life? Rashi explains, Each one of these periods is understood in and of itself. It has special significance. And he says when she was 100, it was as if she was 20, meaning just as at the age of 20, one is free from sin, because up until the age of 20, no heavenly punishments are administered upon a person. A person is not responsible for those sins that they did up until the age of 20. So Sarah was able to maintain her cleanliness from sin through her whole life till she was 100. And it also says, Ubas Chav Zion Leofi, when she was 20, she was as beautiful as she was when she was seven. Rav Salvechik quotes another version of this medrash. Rashi's comment is quoting a medrash. The alternative version is in Yalkut Shimoni. It says, at 100, she was as beautiful as a girl of 20. Meaning she radiated beauty in spite of her old age as she did when she was 20 years old. At 20, she was, as regards sin, as innocent as a child of seven. It reverses the order of the two characteristics, sin and beauty, and ascribes them to different time periods, the opposite ones, converse ones, of the version that Rashi quotes. Rav Salvechik gives a very beautiful perspective about the significance of these different time periods. I spoke about this in Shul last week. Sarah lived three lives, the life of a child, the life of a young woman, and the life of a mature and old woman. And normally, these three periods of life are understood as strictly sequential periods. They are mutually exclusive times in a person's life. One starts with childhood, then you continue to youth, you become mature, and then eventually old age. Sarah and Avraham as well experienced the qualities of these different periods of life simultaneously, meaning she had wisdom well beyond her years, even when she was young. When she became old, she still had her youthful enthusiasm and curiosity about the world and about life. In Rosalvechik's words, the adult in Sar did not destroy the child. Avraham minted a coin. On the front of it was an image of a young boy and a young girl. On the back of it was an image of a young man and an old woman. Both the young boy and girl and the old man and woman represent Avram and Sarah simultaneously because they lived with the attitude of youth and the attitude of maturity both at one and the same time. It says that when Sarah passed away, Avraham came, lispod lisarah v'liv kosah. He came to eulogize Sarah and to bewail her, to cry for her. It's very interesting that this is the first instance of eulogizing and the first instance of mourning for someone who passed away in the Torah. This is really the first time that we've become more closely acquainted with any of the people and their lives described by the Torah. It's interesting that the it's interesting that this first and seemingly prototypical instance of mourning takes place between a husband and a wife. It's a husband mourning a beloved wife. The 
episode of Avraham purchasing a burial plot for Sarah from the B'nai Ches is related in great detail. What we see is that when he first asked for a plot, they told him, they told Avraham, Nasi Elohim Ata Bisochenu, you're a prince of God in our midst. Take the choicest of our burial plots to bury your deceased. But Avraham rejected that and he wanted to purchase it. One of the things that Avraham says is very fundamental. He says, Ger Vesoshav Anuchi Imachem. I am a stranger and an inhabitant with you. That's part of his explanation of why he wants to purchase a burial plot. What does it mean he's a Ger Vesoshav, a stranger and a resident? What are these two? titles, these two designations that he's giving himself to explain why he wants this unusual request to actually purchase a burial plot, even though it's being offered to him for free. It's Rev Salvatric Day today. This explanation is one of Rev Salvatric's most fundamental pieces. It's interesting that he elaborates something he spoke about very often because it speaks to the relationship between the Jew and the country and the nation and the society in which he or she lives. That's described by these two terms that both describe the Jew, a stranger and an inhabitant at the same time. Ger Vesoshav. Each part of this statement is valuable to understand on its own. First, let's concentrate on what it means when Avram says he's a ger, a stranger. He says, yes, certainly I am a resident. I am one of you. I engage in business as you do. I speak your language. I take full part in your social economic institutions. But at the same time, I am a stranger and in some aspects, a foreigner. I belong to a particular world, one that is completely foreign to you. It is a world in which I am at one with the Creator. It is a world populated by characters unknown to you, meaning Avraham, Sarah, Yitzchak, Rivka, Yaakov, Rachel, Leah, Moshe, Yosef, Hillel, Rashi, the Rambam, Ramosha Feinstein, with a tradition that you do not understand, with spiritual values that seem impractical in your eyes. It is a world full of altars and sacrifices, meaning we sacrifice a lot to be Jewish, to live by the way of the Torah. A world of Torah, of loving kindness, chesed, of sanctity and purity, kedusha and tara. You live differently, pray differently. Your conception of charity is different from ours. Your days of rest are different from ours, and so on. In these matters, I am a stranger in your world, and you are strangers in mine. And the point is, Avram is saying this to B'nai Ches because he wants to express it to them, that's why I need my own burial plot. One way in which we are strangers wherever we may live is that of burial. A Jew dies and is buried differently. A Jew requires a cemetery of his own, a Jewish grave. Avraham's statement that he's a ger, that he's a stranger, to show how he's different in an unapologetic, proud way is something that's very important for a Jew living in contemporary times. But Avraham also says that he's a toshav. He's a resident. He's not only a stranger, he's a resident. He's living here. He's part of society. What exactly does that mean? I want to share with you some different versions of what Rav Salvechik said about this word toshav and what Avraham meant by it 
and what it means to us. And you'll see that there are significant differences between two ways that this idea can be stated. On page 107 of the Stone Chumash, published by Art Scroll, it quotes this idea from Rav Salvechik, and it expresses it like this. Abraham expressed the dual role that every Jew must play. On the one hand, he is a resident of his country, meaning the Toshav aspect, and as such, he must work and pray for its welfare, as Jeremiah urged his people on the threshold of exile. It refers to Jeremiah 29, 7. This is what that verse says. V'dirshu es shalom ha'ir, and seek the peace of the city, asher higlesi eschem shama, whither I have caused you to be carried away captive. Meaning, when you're in Gullus, when you're in exile, and you're in a, a foreign city outside of the land of Israel, you should seek the peace of that city. V'hispalu va'ada el Hashem, and pray unto the Lord for it. You should daven for that city, that it should everything should be good for that city. Ki vishloma ye alachem shalom. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. If that city has peace, you'll have peace. If that city does not have peace, then you will not have peace. So therefore, you better daven for that city. You better pray for that city. This seems to be a very pragmatic approach to our relationship with a city that we may be residing in, in exile. If you look in the original, Rev. Salvechik originally said this in a lecture in Yiddish. It was translated into Hebrew, then translated into English, quoted in the Chumash Mesores Harav of Devarim, it's on page 162. It might not be the most accurate, but you'll see it goes in a much stronger direction than what we just saw from the Art Scroll version. It says, what is our position vis-a-vis modern civilization with respect to science to western culture to the countries in which we live the answer is enshrined in these words certainly i am a resident i am one of you i engage in business as you do i speak your language i take full part in your social economic institutions i just read this a few moments ago it's not immediately clear how Rosalovichik is answering the question of our position vis-a-vis modern civilization. Is he saying, yes, we're fully involved, but in some ways we're different? Or is he, or is the emphasis on, we're different? To clarify this, it's worth looking at a fundamental article published in Tradition, Volume 44, Number 4, in 2011, by Dr. Tova Lichtenstein, called Reflections on the Influence of the Rav, that's her father, on the American Jewish religious community. So what was Rav Salvechik's influence on the American Jewish community? So there's a section on page 13 that reads like this. The Rav clearly formulated his views on participation in American society. He wrote in 1950, We identify ourselves with our Gentile neighbors in all matters of collective endeavor, social, political, and cultural activities. There should be no retreat on the part of the Jew from the full participation in all phases of national life, and we are committed to all American institutions. The article continues. He championed the obligation of the Jew to fully participate in general society. This obligation was not motivated by necessity or pragmatism, but was rooted in our tradition. It's not a bit of it. It's not because we have no other choice. It's because that's what's right. He stressed that. And now here's another quote. We must Note that our decision is not primarily an expression of a pragmatic utilitarian approach. 
it may be partially pragmatic and utilitarian, but it's not primarily an expression of a pragmatic utilitarian approach, but reflects a halachic historic tradition which has always wanted to see the Jew committed to all social and national institutions of the land of his birth or choice, which affords to him all the privileges and prerogatives of citizenship. If we live in a place that benefits us, then we should partake fully in the life of that place. And then to add another quote to explain more the meaning behind our role, the article goes on to quote another paragraph that explains that our interest in engaging the society around us is twofold. First of all, as human beings, we're all created in the image of God, and we're all charged with the responsibility for the great confrontation of man and the cosmos, meaning meaning we are human beings committed to the general welfare and progress of mankind, that we are interested in combating disease, in alleviating human suffering, and protecting man's rights, in helping the needy, etc. Secondly, we have to meet the challenge of bringing the message of what it means to be Jewish, the message of Torah, to be an or logoyim, to be a light unto the nations, to teach them our particular message and values that we bring and add to the world. The article by Dr. Lichtenstein goes on to give some context for Soloveitchik's approach to this issue, that he was a middle ground between the conservative movement, which was the primary demographic force in Jewish life at the time, which advocated complete acceptance of general society in all ways, and on the other hand, the Haredi community, which saw any involvement with general society as coming only from the vantage point of necessity and pragmatism and utilitarianism, but ideally we should have no involvement. Rav Salvechik blazed a middle path that saw involvement for the reasons that we mentioned as positive in and of itself, but at the same time limited by strict adherence to halacha and Jewish values in general. And that is exactly what Avram is expressing according to his explanation. I'm a ger, I'm a stranger. I'm not really part of society fully. I have my own ways, my own tradition, my own heroes that are different from yours, my own calendar, my own schedule, but I'm also a Toshav. I'm also someone who wants to be a full participant, halacha permitting, in the advancement of society and the progress of mankind. Ger Toshav.